This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Nads and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual with me in studio, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I think um, I think it's appropriate that we uh, have a little chat about the... Uh, the tragedy out in uh, out in Saskatchewan, the Humboldt uh, hockey team. Um, obviously, that's a very difficult topic for us to talk about. That kind of a tragedy. Um, all I can all I can say, Naz, is you know we're not. Uh, I can't say that we're pros at doing this. Uh, so it's difficult for us to express in words other than uh, our thoughts and prayers um, go out to the entire. Uh, to all those affected by the tragedy, and I uh, can only say, you know, I I I I made it a point of of tuning into uh, Coach's Corner last night because uh, I knew that Don Don and Ron McLean would do a good job with this. Yeah. Uh, they have they have a way of, and certainly Don, I I think uh, Don Cherry, of course, is uh, I'm talking about. Um, he has a way of being genuine. Uh, about his emotions when it comes to tragedies in our military, uh, tragedies uh, that he talks about. There was the other young, uh, the young gentleman, the 18-year-old, that they wanted to pay homage to last night. I think the last name, if it escapes me, I think it was P-I-T-R-E, I think. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it, and that was, of Petrie. course... Peter, yeah. Um, and all I can say is, you know what... Uh, Don Cherry and Ron McLean and the, the, the people at Hockey Night in Canada uh, did their usual outstanding job in paying tribute uh, to the team, to the broadcaster who passed away, uh, coach, trainers, and, and uh, you know, I, I can't, uh, I'm not even going to pretend that I can uh, anywhere near put into words in any way, shape, or form, uh, the way Don Cherry and Ron McLean are able to do it. So I just, you know, I, I thank them. They uh, they are they have a way to put into words the feelings of all Canadians when it comes uh, to tragedies in the hockey community. And uh, just Naz, I'll turn it over to you. Just our thoughts. Well, and well prayers. said. You know, uh, I spent uh, the last three or four years with my oldest son in minor hockey, him playing junior and taking those buses. And it was some nights it was. Well, the weather was horrible. But we know the risk. It's, it's a risk that we take as minor hockey parents and as uh, adults. And um, it was tough. It was very tough because I've been there. I've seen it. You know, I've been in situations where big storms occur. And I go, oh, I don't know how in the heck we're going to get home tonight. Like, it's it's a tough haul. And I feel very, very sorry for those people. Very, very sorry. Yeah, that's, uh, of course, it brings back 
terrible memories of other. Uh, I mean, the one that I remember, of course, is the Swift Current Broncos in uh, in the mid 1980s. Uh, in fact, if I if I recall correctly, I think Joe Sackick was a member of that team, and so was Lindy Ruff. I I'd have to check. I'd have to Google it again. But uh, that was a, that was a major junior team in the Western Hockey League in in the mid 80s, and I think four four uh, young young men passed away in that one, and uh, this one 15. Wow, uh, wow, that's about, very, all, I, very about sad. all I can very say. Sad. Uh, sad. Anyways. On behalf of on behalf of us and on behalf of you, Naz, our thoughts and prayers to everybody in the Humboldt community, to the families and to all those who were affected. And of course, uh, as pointed out to me, uh, I have a good friend of mine who um, who uh, is uh, very involved in in, in an organization of uh, helping support first responders. And uh, once again. Um, you know, our hearts go out to the first responders and the police and the firemen who have to deal with it. Uh, they will carry the visions and images of this for a long, long time, and some of them will be ultimately uh, irre- irreversibly affected by what they saw yesterday or the, or the day before. Anyways, Naz, uh, um, just to give the listeners a roadmap for the show, it is, of course, Master's Sunday. And I usually call this the first day of spring, although it was was chilly out there this morning. Uh, I I think we could use a little bit of that global warming right about now that everybody talks about. Don't want to be flippant about that. But, yeah, you know what? Throw us a little bit of global warming for at least a couple of weeks anyways. And then then let's reverse the climate change in every which way we can. but certainly by this time usually I've usually I've usually uh, walked around I've walked around 18 holes about three or four times by this time and uh, I haven't been able to I haven't been able to get out there at all yet Naz but uh, Master Sunday's always for me the the first day of spring and we'll be talking to John Steinbreiter. John is uh, a friend of the Nazimali Sports Hour. He's been with us before. He will be live from Augusta at 9.15 a.m. John writes, he's a senior writer for Masters.com, an award-winning golf journalist, uh, 19 books, uh, senior writer for Global Golf Post, and one of the sharpest golf minds around. So we're really looking forward to talking to him. And in the middle of the hour, uh, our buddy, uh, the godfather of sports radio, uh, Eddie Andelman. Of course, uh, Eddie has been with us a few times before. He's, um, he's, he's 83 years young, I believe, and, uh, of course, was host of the iconic sports huddle in Boston. Uh, the greatest, I call it the greatest sports talk radio show in history. Certainly the most popular. He did that gig for so many years. And uh, he's got the, he's ready with the quips today, Naz. It's WrestleMania, WrestleMania Sunday, right? and uh, he issued a challenge to John Cena. He thinks he can take John Cena. He's got a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, he's, so we're talking to Eddie about uh, the, the phenomenon that John, is John Cena is a is a movie actor now, right? He's getting up there. He's very... I thought these guys were all actors. Naz. Yeah, that's true. But this, he's making a name for himself in Hollywood. From what I understand. So. Maybe Eddie's going to join him in the ring. Andelman thinks he's a sissy, so uh, we'll, we'll talk to Eddie about that. And, and also importantly, uh, you know, Eddie Eddie loves to talk all things Boston, and we've got some serious uh, Toronto-Boston rivalry shaping up. Uh, you know, of course, there was the run between the Raptors and the Celtics during the regular season. 
I can't see a scenario. I, you know, the Celtics are up against it. Uh, I, I, I'm not seeing the Raptors facing off against the Celtics there. The Jays and the Sox have had a couple of set twos the last couple of years. Uh, Sox are off to a really good start. And, of course, what may end up happening, we don't know yet. Uh, that's going to depend on the Bruins and the Panthers tonight. Uh, we may see the Bruins and the Leafs in a playoff series, and that will be a... Uh, that will be a pretty heated exchange. Uh, Naz, your thoughts? Brad Marchand for six to seven games. Can you believe that? A series with Brad Marchand? I don't know if I could take it, Walt. <laughs> he, he, he irritates me as a player, and I guess he's, uh, he does his job, but he is one dirty hockey player, I'll tell you. And i got to put up with him for six, seven games. I don't know. Why do you call him dirty? Yeah, you know, I don't disagree with you, Naz, but you know, every team should have a Brad Marchand. I mean, he, uh, you know, let's 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 call a spade a spade. Uh, yeah, he's got those little maneuvers that rub other players the wrong way. He's, uh, you know, he's a bit careless with his stick. He's a bit careless with a lot of things on the ice, and that uh, uh, certainly uh, doesn't go over well with the, uh, especially when he's. I'm sure it goes over. I'm sure the Boston Bruins fans. Uh, don't mind it all that much, but in Toronto we're uh, we're not big fans of that. But uh, uh, you got to, unfortunately, you got to respect the fact that he is a pretty effective hockey player, uh, and and um, you know he might uh, he can be a difference in the series. Yeah, but I think Kadri will straighten him out. Kadri's the guy. <laughs> well, he's, uh, he's, he's our Brad Marchand. You know well, what? Yeah, you got to have. You got to have. He's not ha- that far off. He's not, not as dirty as Marchand, but he's pretty yeah. nasty. Uh, Kadri's got a. He's got a. He's got an edge to him, and uh, you know, in playing the game of hockey, you don't you don't see as much rough stuff. The game's changed, obviously. In the last uh, 10 years or so, even more so in the last five years. I mean, the enforcers have been legislated out of the game. Um, they really don't exist anymore. You have to have a certain level of skill to be, to be able to play on an NH, in, to be in an NHL lineup nowadays. Uh, but hockey's still hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, body checking still body checking. Uh, contact is still contact. So you get a you get a guy like Kadri out there. You know what? He makes the other team keep their heads up. And, yeah, he, and, he he knocked out Ovechkin last year. Really, he, Ovechkin after he hit Ovechkin, Ovechkin wasn't the same in the series against the Leafs. And, and he got and he got that. criticized for that. He got criticized. For that. People thought that was a dirty play. Yeah. Um, so you know it, it runs it runs both ways. But you you know Marshawn, the Leafs, of course, we've we still are uh, we're still uh, I, I think I'm still in psychological counseling over the last time <laughs> we were at the Bruins in the playoffs. I still can't get that last recover, game. Well, what, what, recover, Wally. Recover. What year recover. was that? Was that two o thirteen? It's I think it's five years ago, five six four years ago. I can't remember. You know I'm losing track of uh, how fast four the years passed. Four one is a tough lead. Yeah, it was four one, and then there were there was. An opportunity to go to five one, and uh, they didn't do it. And uh, the the Bruins, of course, uh, I don't I don't even want to talk about it. I don't even want to talk at the details of it because it might bring bad karma uh, to the Leafs. Uh, anyways, we've got to go to break. Uh, we'll be right back after the break with John Steinbretter live from Augusta. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville unveiled the new Pizzaville app. Order your Pizzaville favourites right on your cell phone. 
Unlike other apps, with the Pizzavault app, you can also pay for your order. It's fast and secure. Unlike my half-brother Raul, who's slow and, since the accident with his elevator shoes, very insecure. Download your free Pizzavault app today from the Apple App Store or Google Play. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000 square foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge, the best. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're pleased to welcome back to the show John Steinbretter. John Steinbretter is an award-winning golf journalist. 19 books, numerous, numerous awards for his golf writing, senior contributor to Masters.com and senior writer with Global Golf Post. And this morning, uh, John's actually at Augusta. It's the last day of the Masters. Good morning, John. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for joining us. It's always a privilege. Uh, I always say that uh, Masters Sunday is the first day of spring. It's a little bit chilly still here on the eastern coast. But, John, uh, you're you're live. uh, You're there at Augusta this morning. Tell us a little bit about the weather conditions, which obviously are always crucial to the results. What can can the golfers expect today? Well, it's a little bit chilly down here this morning. I don't think it's getting much above uh, 60 uh, during the day. Um, and uh, there's a breeze in the air right now, a cold breeze. It's cloudy, it's overcast, but I think it's supposed to, uh, the sun's supposed to break through, and it should be a terrific day from, a, uh, uh, from that standpoint. No precipitation uh, to worry about, no delays to worry about, but of course it's going to play tough because it's playing cold, it's cold, and when it's uh, cold, it plays long, and uh, it rained a great deal not only yesterday afternoon but also last night. And uh, they've got, you know, the great air systems here, and, and, and no place is better prepared to handle uh, the rain that came in yesterday. So I would imagine it'll be uh, not as soft as it was yesterday, but it is going to be cold. Uh, John, coming into this week, uh, we were uh, 
We were hopeful, and I'm sure I'm sure the network, uh, I'm sure CBS was incredibly hopeful that they would see uh, Tiger and Phil in the thick of it on on uh, Sunday afternoon. But that's that's not going to happen. Um, but uh, you know, the buzz of having Phil and Tiger there certainly uh, uh, attracted a lot of attention for this year's Masters. But looking forward to this afternoon. Uh, I've I've looked at this leaderboard and uh, there are some pretty outstanding golfers uh, and it you know having Patrick Reed, Rory McIlroy uh, revisiting their great Ryder Cup match in the final group today and I know uh, a gentleman that you've written about a few times uh, lurking right behind Ricky Fowler uh, and then there's you know a couple of steps back Stenson and you know Spieth and Johnson and Mark Leishman um, what do you expect it, it could in fact be a, a Masters for the Ages this afternoon there's a lot of talent that's going toe-to-toe this afternoon well there really is and of course you know there's a lot of sentimentality to have Tiger and Phil in the mix and have them involved I think it's Hey, it was nice to have Tiger here and playing and and being healthy and and uh, and and Phil, um, you know, did not play uh, well at all the second round, but he also made the cut, so they're around and they're giving the patrons here a lot of chances to see them play and a lot of chances to enjoy their fine play. But uh, yeah, they were um, obviously not in the mix, and it was I think asking way too much of Tiger to be there. Uh, today uh he he's just getting uh, his feet back on the room as a golfer as a competitive golfer uh but we have a wonderful wonderful uh, pairing with rory and uh and patrick reed i did a piece on patrick the other day you know he went to college for a couple of years here at augusta state he uh has never really done well on the golf course even though he played it you know several times when he was in college and uh his first round here we broke out it was the first uh, time he broke in par here, uh, I believe it was certainly his best round ever that he played here, and he's just been locked in. And then you know, Rory is it was my pick early in the you know, early in the week. I think he's very focused, and he's a little bit been under the uh, radar this week with all the talk about Tiger and Phil, and and he's playing brilliantly. And you know, you throw in their uh, match at Hazeltine in 2016 together. And uh, they they had a good battle. They seem to enjoy the battle, and uh, it, it should be a good good pairing for television and good good pairing for all of us watching uh, here. And then Ricky, of course, is 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 a huge favorite, and there are some great names in the leaderboards. And uh, you're right; it could be a tournament for the ages. Of course, he's going to play tough with his coolness, but it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, John uh, Patrick Reed looks like his confidence level is very high. He's uh, he played very very well yesterday. He's played very very well the whole tournament. Um, doesn't seem like uh, Masters is uh, Augusta is rattling him too much. What do you think? No, I mean he seems very very focused and very good. You know he's only won I think five times on the PGA Tour. I say only. Um, you know and he's uh, he's done quite well in the Ryder Cup uh, in a couple of Ryder Cups he's played in. Obviously hasn't won a major. Obviously this is his biggest stage he's ever stepped on as, as far as that goes but um you know he seemed very focused very confident but in a good way when i spoke with him after his round on thursday and i did a piece off of that and um and gosh yesterday man he was hitting some shots you know with rainy weather drizzly weather tough conditions he hit a, a couple of lasers into 13 and 15 that were just unbelievable balls <laughs> made long hard difficult shots reaching both those greens in two and then making um you know, chipping in on 15 and 
and uh, making a really testy little putt on, on 13 for Eagles in both cases. So he's playing with a lot of verve, a lot of confidence. You know, he did miss a pretty makeable birdie putt on 18. He did uh, um, bogey 16 right after that that great chip on 15. So there, you know, little little blips here uh, here and there. But I think he is playing with enormous confidence. He feels good being back here. Um, I, I think it's funny he talked about after Thursday about playing here in warm weather, playing here with the courses and great condition for the Masters. And when he was here in college, he played a lot in the middle of winter and. You know, it's 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 colder, it's wetter, it's uh, the course is playing longer. Uh, the greens aren't nearly as the green surrounds aren't nearly as treacherous from a uh, speed standpoint. So um, he prepared. He came here the week before. He played the course when it was near tournament conditions, and and um, and he seems very confident, very comfortable. And he talked about you know how comfortable he is, and that's what it is around here. It's getting used to this golf course, getting to know it. I mean, Rory talks about it, uh, Ricky talks about it, and, and they've talked about it in their press conferences and their conversations after recent rounds, and it really is about course knowledge and being comfortable, and he seems to be uh, all of that right now. And we're talking to John Steinbretter. John's a uh, uh, feature writer for Masters.com. He's live at Augusta as we're talking to him. John, uh, t- <laughs> today's WrestleMania Sunday, but that's not where I'm going with this. Uh, I-, I found that uh, Rory and Patrick were playing a little bit of gamesmen last night uh, they asked uh, they asked Rory uh, w- what he thought about being behind Patrick Reed and uh, him having a three-stroke uh, the, the lead that he has and uh, he says all the pressures all on Patrick uh, of course he's I guess he's trying to re- put that uh, trying to create a Faldo Norman situation and then uh, Patrick Reed retorted saying all the pressures on Rory because he's he's going for the great for the career Grand Slam a little bit of gamesmanship <laughs> from these two guys. Uh, you don't find it that often in, in golf, but uh, uh, you find that surprising at all? Not really. I mean, I think it's both, it's sort of in Patrick's nature a little bit. He seems to be kind of chippy in that way at times. Um, I find it enormously refreshing that they would say these things. You know, I sort of enjoy um, when players wear their uh, their emotions on their sleeve like that and, and are honest about it. I sort of the stoicism of uh, some of these guys in the years past is not a lot of fun. I'd much rather hear what they have to say and see uh, what they feel. And in both Rory and um, uh, and Patrick are that way. And I think there's some great carryover from the match and uh, you know the Ryder Cup in '16. And uh, I think it's good and it's building it up a little bit. It'll be fun. Um, I always have a view that when you have situations like this, the person who's won the major championship. And we've had this conversation before. I remember having it with you guys back when Cabrera won it. It was Chad Campbell and Kenny Perry, and Cabrera kind of in the mix. And, you know, Cabrera won an Open, and I just think it makes a difference. Rory's won four majors. And, okay, he hasn't won here, and he had that epic meltdown in 2011 uh, when he shot 80 in the final round and finished tied for 15. But I still think, you know, when you've got a guy who's won four majors uh, versus a guy who's never won a major, I just think I give him a little bit of an edge going into that final round because he's been there before and he's done it before. And um, it's going to be great because Reed's playing, like you said, with so much confidence. And I just think he's a scrappy kid, you know, who's got a lot of, uh, got a lot of heart and a lot of um, energy and a lot of belief in himself. But he's going to have a hard time with Rory because I tell you, this is a guy who wants his career grand slam. He wants to win here. Um, and uh, he knows how to win a major. And he feels, it seems very, uh, he says he's the best form he's ever been. 
and he seems really tough and strong mentally and really prepared for what the uh, for what this week has brought him, and he's answered every call so far. John, uh, uh, when we talk about the Masters, of course, we're talking about Patrick Reed and Tiger and Phil and, and and the players. But the Masters is so much more about the actual golf course, which is Augusta, which is for some is, and for a lot of people, it's the holy grail of golf uh, for a lot mm-hmm. of different reasons. And of course, the cliche is that the Masters starts on the back nine on Sunday. And of course, we you know there's the, the myth of Amen Corner, and the beauty of the golf course. And, and I want you to uh, to comment. And what I find uh, uh, what makes the Masters so special is. You could have a five-stroke lead, uh, four or five-stroke lead on the 10th hole, and you're not comfortable. You could be four or five strokes behind on the 10th hole, and you've still got a shot. Uh, you can score on the back nine, and you can blow up on the back nine, and that's why it's always it's uh, it's always fun the back nine on Sunday. Uh, your thoughts on that, and also your thoughts on what you consider the greatest masters that you've ever seen. Well, you, you know, you're right about the uh, the back nine, or what they call here the second nine, and you know, originally. Uh, when this golf course opened in 1933, the, uh, the second nine was, in fact, the first nine. And there are two reasons why they changed it, one of which is that down by the 12th green is the lowest part of the golf course, and um, it was also uh, very well shaded. So when there would be frost in the wintertime or they're apt to be around here, that was the last place to thaw out. So they made the decision to reverse the nines, so... By the time golfers got to number what is 12 today, instead of it being the third hole, it was the 12th hole, it was actually all thought out and good to go. But uh, Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts, who founded this club and founded this tournament, realized early on that there was a special sort of dramatic element to the second, what is the second nine today. They saw that, and that was also part of the reasons why they made that change. And lo and behold, they made that change after the first Masters, which was in 1934, was then called the Augusta National Invitation Tournament. And so they switched the nines. Uh, in 1935 was the first year that the back nine, the second nine, as it's called, that we know today, was the second nine. And of course, that was the year that Gene Saracen had his epic uh, four-wood double-eagle albatross on 15. So Bobby Jones and Clifford Roberts were certainly right about the drama uh, that that part of the golf course could create. And it is absolutely the greatest finishing nine there is in golf, as far as I'm concerned, for setting up that drama and that change of lead that you suggest. And you know, in a, a great golfer who gets hot can shoot 30 on the uh, second nine and, and either cement a, a victory or come from behind to win. And so much has happened on that second nine over the years, and so much drama has taken place there. And, again, you don't know how how it's going to work out today. But Ricky Fowler talked about it uh, last night when I chatted with him. Um, you know, let's just get in a good position after the first first nine and, and be ready to go in the second nine and be ready to make some birdies and uh, and make some noise. And I think that's what a lot of them are trying to do. And it, it really is just uh, it's remarkable how well it's set up for a tournament and how much of a platform it is, which is great golf, great comebacks, great finishes. And I expect we'll see that again today. Um, you know, as for my favorite Masters, boy, it's so hard to 
say there's so many of them. I, I remember watching Nicholas in 86 on television, and I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. And so many of us did. I love to see Adam Scott win here in 2013, and uh, yelling, come on, Aussie, and, and the Australians in the media center just shrieking with joy. Uh, you know, Jordan Spieth is hard to beat when he won and, and won so decisively, but it, it's just each and every one are special in uh, many ways to me, and I, I can't really pick a favorite, except I know every uh, year I love being down here. This is my 19th down here, my 10th for Masters.com, and I, I just can't wait to see what's going to unfold today. John, you bring up Adam Scott. It's good you brought him up. Uh, what's his, what has happened to him? He's really I don't know. It's, 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 it's hard to say. He, uh, I, I just think he's you know he's got a family. He's um, you know, it takes a lot to to be on top in this world, and an enormous amount of dedication, and you know, an enormous amount of drive. And you know, I just I don't know. I I've never spoken to him about it. I don't know if he's, um, you know, just a little devoted, a little less time, and maybe more to, to golf and more time to his family. But I think this happens sometimes, and you, you see it often. People win a major, they reach a certain pinnacle in the game, and they're maybe not as committed to maintaining that commitment that they had to get there. So I, that's the only thing I can think of. He seems healthy. He seems happy. He's still, you know, playing reasonably well, but he's not, he's not doing much in the way of wins, is he? Uh, we're talking, we've been talking to John Steinbretter live from Augusta. John, we're going to let you go. We're going to, we hope you, uh, we're going to be watching this afternoon and I know, uh, you will be, uh, you'll be, uh, watching as well, uh, live. Uh, we wish you the best, and we thank you so much for uh, for joining us and sharing your uh, your golf passion and your golf expertise. We really appreciate it. Well, I love being on with you guys on Sunday of Augustus. That too is a tradition like none other. And it thank is you very much for having me. Yeah, we've yeah. had you a few times. Uh, and John, I'll leave you with this: Were you talking about the favorite masters of all time? Uh, the favorite masters that I ever watched was uh, Jack in 1986, and you might find yeah. that surprising for a Canadian to say that. Uh, most <laughs> most Canadians would say uh, Mike Weir in 2000. Mike Weir. Mike Weir in 2003. Unfortunately, I can't say that because I was on a plane coming back from. Scottsdale uh, that afternoon, so I never actually saw it except on the highlights. I didn't. The air, the uh, pilot, uh, or sorry, the captain on the airplane announced it to all us Canadians as we were landing in Toronto that Mike Weir had won the Masters. So I never actually well, I got to watch it live. When he, I was there at number ten when he, uh, when he finished it off, and it was uh, pretty cool to watch. It sure was. John, uh, we'll be talking to you again soon. Hopefully, U.S. Opens around the corner, and we always love chatting with you. Thanks so much. Can't wait, guys. Thanks so much. Happy Master Sunday. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. That, of course, was John Steinbretter. Uh, running a little bit behind here, that was uh, certainly uh, uh, a lot of fun talking to John. Uh, Naz? Tiger Woods uh, is, is not that far off. You know, his driving has been fantastic. It was his ironwork and uh, yeah, his he, putting. Yeah, he, hey, his putting was good the, the weeks before. Yes. Uh, you know, I... I it's funny as a golfer. As sometimes you know, you go through these things. Sometimes I'm hitting the ball good. Sometimes I'm putting good. Sometimes my short game's good. You, you know, as an amateur, and you know, I don't pretend to be a great golfer, but I never, I never seem to have the ability to put all aspects of the game together, uh, except for one specific time that my buddies know about. Uh, one time it all came together on one day in Montreal back in 2005. The only time in my life where my Oh, and that's the problem. And with Tiger, um, he's playing extremely well. Uh, he still hasn't the, the one hurdle he hasn't been able to crack, uh, which I think is coming. 
uh, I mean, there's got to be a lot of rust, and golf's a very fine game. Uh, he hasn't had that. He hasn't put that 64 or 65 on his card yet. Um, when that happens, you, then you'll know he's back. You know, he's he had those rounds where he's shooting under par, 69, 70, 69. When Tiger shoots a 63 or 64, watch out. Anyways, we've got to go. The break. We'll be right back with the Godfather of Sports, Eddie Andelman. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams, or special ops units. Go, 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 go! Everybody down! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. Bridge. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. There are two ways to argue sports with these guys, and none of them work. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're pleased to welcome to the show the godfather of sports radio, the greatest sports talk radio show host of all time, in my opinion, the host of the iconic sports huddle in Boston. We're pleased to welcome back to the sports, uh, to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Eddie Andelman. Eddie, good morning. How are you, sir? Uh, good, and uh, I don't need that kind of an introduction because I'm sort of a humble person. <laughs> I got it. You know what? I know you're humble, Eddie, but uh, we have to let our listeners know that we're talking to a legend, and you certainly are. And uh, talking about legends, this is WrestleMania Sunday, Eddie. Uh, WrestleMania 34 down in the Dome down in uh, New Orleans. I know you have uh, on your show uh, uh, over the over the years. In in Boston, in Boston Sports Talk Radio, you covered wrestling quite extensively. 
talked to most and interviewed and kibbutzed with most of the great wrestling legends of all time. And you were uh, uh, known uh, Vince McMahon were involved in setting up the, uh, I think it was the King of the Ring or the Royal Rumble, Eddie. Which one was it? Uh, no, it was the King of the Ring. King of the Ring, you were involved with that. And WrestleMania, you know, we can all joke and laugh about it, and it's, everybody says wrestling is fake. But, you know, it's a phenomenon of, of in, incredible proportions. It gets incredible uh, attendance. And I guess the genius behind it all, Eddie, is Vince McMahon. Uh, I think you've interviewed Vince. You've talked to him. Uh, is Vince McMahon a genius? He's beyond a genius. I mean, I, I just wish that he was running the world. He is the smartest person, with the exception, with only one exception, and that, of course, would be classy Freddie Blassie. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, you were tweeting up a storm yesterday, and just so our listeners know, it's uh, one of, uh, of course, you've, uh, you're, you're pretty irreverent, I guess is, is the word, but uh, you call them the way you see them. You always have, uh, and you're not yeah, scared. You got to remember one thing. Yeah. Um, professional wrestling is the only sport that's never had a betting scandal. <laughs> okay. Never quite thought of it that way, Eddie. But you're you're a hundred percent right about that. But uh, but uh, talking about professional wrestling, uh, Eddie. Uh, of course, it's it's a WrestleMania 34. Uh, but you were tweet, you were tweeting up a storm yesterday. I got to tell you, I, I I love list. I love reading your tweets because I get a good chuckle every time I do. But uh, you, we want to set the record straight. Um, you you issued a challenge yesterday to John Cena, and in work yesterday. Oh, you've been yeah yeah you've been you've been at you've been on his ass for a long time. But in words, you remember this is a family show, Eddie. So choose your words carefully. But uh, you're not a big John Cena fan, and you know what. You think you can take him? Tell me all about that. I don't. I, I not only think. Look at. Uh, they're setting him up today to fight uh, the Undertaker, the biggest phony that there ever was in any sport. Here's a man that passed himself off as a legitimate Undertaker, and I know for a fact he's flunked and bombing five times, and he is holding illegal funerals. <laughs> and then he's seventy. And he's seventy-one years old. John Cena only fights these setups. His his biggest thing is running into the ring. You know, that's all he does. I mean, he can't even wrestle. I'd get him in the end of a gotcha hold, and there'd be tears in his eyes in the first 30 seconds. Oh, you, I really, I've been calling him out for a year. I think you might I'd have. kill him. I know, Eddie, but you'd have to have a manager in your corner, somebody uh, somebody like me who have a little bit of salt in, uh, that I could throw in his eyes and stuff like that. So, you know, Eddie, let's issue the challenge to Vince McMahon. You and I are going to take him on next year. I'll be in your corner, okay? Um, well, that would, be, that would be, I'd be in good hands because I used to be managed by the Grand Wizard. <laughs> Eddie, uh, on a, on a quasi serious note, um, HBO is coming out with uh, a documentary this week on Andre the Giant, and uh, no, 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 no. His name officially is Andre. It's on his passport. Andre T Giant. Andre T. T okay, T. We didn't use the whole. But uh, you've uh, you've met Andre the Giant in 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 the day, and uh, the documentary is coming out on 
on him, and it's and it's an HBO, and I'm sure it's going to be pretty well done. And uh, Andre the Giant, sort of a tragic figure, died at the age of 46, but. Uh, Wrestling personality, uh, your recollections on on Andre the Giant? Well, first of all, Andre T Giant. Yeah, I don't think he's dead. (laughs) I know a lot of people think that, but I check carefully. uh, With the only people that could really handle uh, Andre the T Giant's funeral would be big and tall caskets, and they have no recollection of ever burying him. I think just my opinion is that he's somewhere in the Hawaiian Islands just enjoying life with all the money that he made. <laughs> okay. Ness, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, an old guy? I want to know your thoughts on Bruno San Martino. Uh, the big sissy from Siddeley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, this is really... Uh, Bruno it was actually five foot two, 208 <laughs> pounds. And Bruno uh, could not even beat a woman wrestler. But his breath was so bad that people just would immediately go down to get away from him. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm having a tough time coming back after that one, you Eddie. Know, Eddie do you, do you, we interviewed Abdullah the Butcher once. Have you ever talked to him? Uh, no, I only talked to kosher butchers. <laughs> Eddie, uh, you know what? Before we get on, you know, we we do have to talk about Toronto, Boston, but uh, it's WrestleMania Sunday. Before we let it go, uh, you know, I, I think I got tears in my eyes. Uh, uh, this is so much fun. Uh, your all your favorite favorite wrestler of all time? Either uh, I think you're more into the interviewing than than the, the actual techniques of the wrestlers. But uh, what did you enjoy the most? Any specific individual, any specific match that... uh... Well, I'll give you a hint. See if you can guess who it is. The second um, name of his television show um, was Corner. Was what? Sorry? Corner. Doesn't doesn't ring a bell with me, Eddie, at all. You got to help us out here. Um, Someone's corner. Oh, the oh, my my memories. Uh, oh, my memories fading. You got Eddie. You got me stumped. But I'm sure I'm going to be embarrassed when you tell me. Roddy Piper. No, I'm not, Roddy. I'm Roddy not Piper. Stop. Roddy Piper. That, right. Exactly. You hit it right. Oh, was that? Uh, was that? Uh, Naz got it. No, that Naz, was Naz. Naz, I give I give Naz the the credit on that one. He was a he was certainly a legend. Uh, unfortunately, passed away uh, much too young a few years back. But yeah. uh, tell us tell us about your uh, your uh, in, encounters with with uh, Piper. Well, uh, to begin with, I thought um, one of the greatest interviews of all time when he interviewed Jimmy Snookerfly, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, and. Um, his record was so bad that um, he called him a disgrace to press for wrestling and broke a coconut over his head. <laughs> um, and also, uh, one time in, uh, I believe it was in Washington, he actually, you know, he wore a kilt, but he forgot to put his underpants on. <laughs> and, but he, he was a great man, a great, a great person, and certainly one of the great orators of all time. Yeah, I... I He's a know. Canadian to boot. He's yeah, from Pi- Toronto. I think he was a Parkdale. Parkdale. I, yeah. He was a Torontonian, I, I believe. I, 
Well, then I have to take off 20% of my uh, <laughs> it's love, actually, love it's, it's probably closer to 30% these days, Eddie. But uh, <laughs> are, That's uh, going to bring me to Toronto. Oh, you're coming to Toronto, I hear. Uh, you you, you well, know, the, the Sox are on a roll. Red Sox uh, uh, got off to a fast start. The Blue Jays are playing, I think, better than we had expected. So, uh, well, Who are the Red Sox playing? Who are sorry, they're playing Tampa Bay playing right now? Miami and Tampa. They haven't even started their season yet. And how do uh, gotta, how are you shaping up the Sox for the year? Well, I don't think anybody in that division can beat the Yankees. Now you've got uh, you've got a bone to pick with Derek Jeter, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, well, he's a, Jeter the cheater. I mean, he never forgot his Yankees loyalty. They got Stanton for nothing. Why? Did, why? Did, I mean, Toronto could have given the Blue Jays could have given. They're more than the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees gave them nothing. And uh, and certainly the Yankees, uh, they, it's it's almost like they've reincarnated Murderer's Row in the middle of their in the middle of their batting lineup. Yeah, uh, the warm weather comes, and then we'll see what happens. Eddie, we have to chat about. Uh, I know it's not your favorite topic. Uh, you're not as big a hockey fan as you used to be. Uh, the Bruins have had a pretty good season, and of course, we don't know yet uh, where they're going to finish and whether they're going to play the Maple Leafs in the first round. But uh, if the Bruins beat the Panthers tonight, Eddie, uh, uh, we may not be friends for the next couple of weeks because it's going to be. Well, the... Go it, ahead. Uh, look, it, it can't be bad because there's two of the greatest cities in the world, never mind North America. And it would be a very good series, and I have mixed emotions about it. Uh, as you know, before the season started, I picked Calgary to win it all. <laughs> uh, they they have had really a tough time. Unemployment is wild there. Uh, you know, just everything is bad. So I'd like to see the people get it. But if not, you know, I, I, I've always told you this, uh, Wally. The fans of Toronto are the most loyal, sincere fans in the world. Uh, what happened to the Maple Leafs the last 40 years could never happen to the Bruins because people uh, would have stormed the palace. I mean, they wouldn't allow it. Boston teams do well because they will not allow failure. You know, they just won't. And they rip these owners personally, their children, their wives. Uh, they want a winner. They're paying those prices. They want a winner, or at least a team that puts everything that they have into it. So I would I would love to see Toronto and Boston play, and I would have mixed emotions. I really wouldn't care who won, because uh, they're two great cities that I really enjoy. Uh, what about the Celtics? They've run into a lot of injuries. Do they have a shot at getting out of the uh, East? I'm, I'm sorry, I couldn't the, hear The Celtics, you. do they have a shot at getting out of the East? No. No, it's really too bad. But I think they're going to start a mini dynasty next year. Um, I think if they could trade for Hasim Whiteside, they would win it the next several years, or at least be in the finals the next several years. They missed that one rebounder. Uh, we're talking uh, a few weeks back about, uh, of course, as, as I'm sure you're aware, Eddie, the Toronto Raptors may uh, achieve something they've never achieved in their history, which was finishing first uh, on the, in right. the Eastern Conference, giving them the top seed for the first time in the history of the franchise. 
But it seems, uh, based on media reports that we get out of the United States, uh, they don't seem to be earning all that much respect down in the States. And uh, uh, certainly there aren't that many uh, uh, basketball commentators south of the border who think that the Raptors are going to go very far in uh, in the playoffs. As uh, as an astute observer of all things basketball, Eddie, uh, how do you look at the Raptors? Well, if it's going to be a long shot, it's going to be Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, you have two unbelievable teams right now. And, uh, of course, Golden State might be one of the best teams of all time. And then you've got Houston, which is playing... Uh, Insane. So, um, I don't think any team from the East, including the Cavaliers, can beat a team from the West. But I'll tell you one thing. The Raptors are a very good team. I don't think they could have beaten out the Celtics if Kyrie hadn't gone down. But I think they're the next level. And I'd say they're one of the top six teams in the NBA. So, they're coming along. The Rosen's a great player. Anyways, Eddie, uh, we we got to let you go. We've had a lot of fun with you this morning, and uh, we always, uh, I always enjoy uh, hooking up with you when I'm when I get a chance. Uh, give me, give us Naz and I some forewarning when you're coming to Toronto. If if you're gonna come in and take in a Red Sox series with the Jays, uh, Naz and I are uh, we we'd love to come down and join you and uh, sit with you guys and enjoy uh, enjoy a ball game down at uh, down at the Sky Dome or Rogers Dome or whatever it's called. Now. Day. So please let us know. We'd certainly love to uh, spend an afternoon with you, and uh, we'd love to see you come up to Toronto and enjoy our city. Well, not only that, but I add to uh, the revenue. <laughs> we always like uh, we always like when uh, people south of the border bring their Benjamins up north. So, uh, Eddie, it's <laughs> it, it's always it's always a pleasure. We always have a lot of fun with you, and uh, we respect the remarkable career that you've had, and uh, you certainly have had one, and you're still you haven't uh, you haven't lost a step. And uh, like I said, uh, send that email to Vince McMahon. You and I, we w- I want to take. We're going to take somebody on next year at WrestleMania. Make sure you stay away from Bruno Sammartino's bear hug, too. <laughs> Eddie, thanks so much, my friend. <laughs> okay, fellas, continued success. Thank, Thank you me. so much. Keep well. That, of course, was uh, Eddie Andelman. Uh, hasn't lost a step, uh, Naz. And uh, you know what? We jo- we he's irreverent. Uh, he jokes around. He, he can be quite serious uh, if you know the history of the man. And the other part about Eddie Andelman is the uh, his roster of people that he's interviewed in his career is uh, uh, interviewed every significant athlete. Certainly coming out of Boston. I mean, I mean, I, I spent an after, I spent a lunch with him one time talking about Ted Williams, Leo DeRocher, Bob, John Havlicek, Bill Russell, Bob Cousy, Muhammad Ali, Howard Cosell. The list, Naz, the list was endless. He interviewed every single one of these guys, yeah. uh, and the stories that he was able to tell. I just, I could have kept, I could have stayed with him for days just listening to the stories this guy can tell. Something else, huh? yeah, and. Uh, just uh, so he can be, he can you know he likes to have fun, but he can be a pretty serious guy when he has I to. Knew, I knew he, kn- he didn't like Bruno San Martino. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> and uh, certainly that was that that was a fun. We got about five minutes left on the show, Naz, and uh, wanted to go back to the Leafs. Um, um, you know, I, I 
you know, we're trying to trying to figure out who they're going to play in the playoffs, and 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 we don't know yet. Uh, I I got to think uh, Boston's going to win. The manager Boston has to. I don't I don't know how it shakes out. I think they have to win. They yeah, have to win a tonight. Tie doesn't do it. A tie. Well, a tie. There is there are. Uh, Tampa wins on based on their uh, ROD. Right. So I think the Bruins have to win in regulation time or just have to win, win period. Win, win period. Okay. So I got to think they got a better shot of beating Florida. They're playing Florida at home. So Toronto Boston, uh you know, and we talked about it very briefly uh earlier on in the show and you you made the point that that the Leafs have had uh quite a bit of success against the Bruins. In 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 I guess this year and yeah, so you could say last the last couple, couple of years. years. Freddie Anderson was nine zero and zero, right? And uh, you look at the uh, Leafs' defense. Uh, I think you know. I mean, t- you know, top twelve, top thirteen. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question uh, they can compete with with any other team in the league. Uh, hold their own if you know their their depth on the forward line is is. Uh, is is pretty uh, I wouldn't say astounding. That may be an exaggeration, but uh, you know they they've got a lot of depth spread through their top twelve, top thirteen, and even if they get injuries, they've got a couple of guys who can step in as yeah. well. Yeah. So the issue the issue with the Leafs comes down to their defense and their goaltending. If if Freddie uh, Freddie Anderson plays like uh, like he can play, there's no there's no issues back there. The defense uh, made the comment they are better than they were. Last year uh, in the playoffs, Hainsey, you know, I mean, he played 20 minutes a game with the Penguins in their Stanley Cup run last year. He played, and and he's such a fixture killing penalties. Uh, he had more penalty killing minutes in the league than any other player in the yeah. league. Yeah. So that area seems to be better. Um, uh, his name escapes me. Is Travis Dermott? Uh, what's his health? Is he? He's, good. he's he ready to go. Night. He last uh, night. Certainly, you compare him to a Marinson from last year. That's certainly an upgrade. Huge upgrade. Uh, so they seem to be better on the back line. They've got, you know, some, you know. I think the key to the Leafs' run will be um, getting pucks out of their zone quickly. Efficiently, quick passes out of their own zone, not getting bottled up in their own zone. Naz, have you ever seen an NHL where it's so wide open anybody could win it? Really, oh. the sixteen teams. Talk, talk about some of the matchups that we yeah. were talking about earlier. Uh, LA's playing Vegas. <laughs> it's, Winnipeg's uh, playing Vegas against the Tinseltown. Wild. Winnipeg's playing against the Wild. Uh, Jersey is playing against uh, either uh, Boston or Tampa Bay. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Pittsburgh against Philadelphia. That's going to be a war. I mean, high scoring all the Giroux time. and Giroux and, and Crosby. Crosby don't like each other. They had, yeah. a, they had that big battle in that series about three, four years back. Um, I, 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 I think you're absolutely hit the nail on the head, Naz. Um, when they say that an eight seed uh, beating a one seed is an upset. Uh, I'm not so sure you can call. I mean, the, 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 those days of no, uh, gone. Uh, those days are gone. I I would not be surprised. There's not one team that has made the playoffs that I would consider would be a major major surprise if they won the Stanley Cup. Um, and and uh, and that you know and that includes the story of the year, which is the Vegas Knights. You know. <laughs> If we had a, if we had a, had this discussion a year ago, saying you know next year we'll be talking about the Vegas Knights mm-hmm. having a shot at the Stanley Cup, 
they would have had us committed. They would have said, what are you guys smoking? Uh, and, you know, over 100 points, an expansion franchise uh, with, you know, a shot. I don't, you know, you know, they all have every single team that's in the playoff has a shot Absolutely. at the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. And 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 the key to the key to a lot of the teams is it you know usually the upper echelon the upper seeded teams the teams with the more points is you got to get past the first round. That's where most of the big upsets happen. It's always the first round. Um but this year you you can uh, you can flip a coin. Who would uh, you've analyzed the situation Naz, if you were a betting man? And you had uh, you had to put money down. Forget about the odds. Uh, just put money down, even odds. Who would you pick for the Stanley Cup? Toronto Maple Leafs, of course. You're bold, Ness. Well, I mean, they can win it just like anybody else, right? And they've got the talent to do it. They can. They can. They can do it. Yeah, I, I, there's there's a sense, uh, and uh, we've only got about twenty seconds left. I'll wrap it up. Uh, there's a sense I have is that the Leafs have a have a different gear that we haven't seen in the last two three weeks, and and if they do have that different gear, watch out. Naz, last word. Look for Patrick Marlowe to be the big player in the playoffs this year. That's all I can say. Anyways, uh, it all gets going this week. We don't know yet. Probably Wednesday, probably Thursday night. Could be Wednesday night. Probably Thursday night. Could be Boston, could be Tampa. To all our loyal listeners, have a fantastic week. Uh, be safe. We'll be back next Sunday. Go Leafs, go. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.